Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode comes as a direct request from one of you viewers or listeners, actually several of you viewers or listeners, who have been wanting us to explore the topic of social media, specifically how to not take social media, or let's blow it out even bigger, the internet, personally. We thought, what better a time than to dive into that discussion right here now? Right before jumping into this recording, actually, I was looking at our direct messages and the hidden requests on the Self Healer Soundboard Instagram, and we had a new DM come in literally from like two hours ago that requested we do just this episode again. How do we handle ourselves on social media? This person in particular finds themselves getting really triggered in the realm of their ego or anger and jealousy and comparison. And it's funny, the end of their message went to, you know, I guess the simple answer, which I already (laughs) know is just to remove myself entirely and leave social media, which also isn't the goal. And we understand that most of us are turning to these platforms to share in one way or another because we are fulfilling on sharing our own self-expression and our own truth. And I think that's a really good place for us to start in why are we even on there? And this is going to be unique for each of you. For my turning on my phone to go in and scroll to get that emotional hit and satisfaction of someone who liked my photo or liked my post or left me a comment? Am I going on consciously or subconsciously looking for that external validation of another? Or am I going on to social media or one of these social platforms to share something, to provide content or provide a value to someone else, or maybe to provide value to myself in the form of sharing my truth. And that's going to take each of us just pausing for a moment and checking in with, well, how am I using this right now? Why am I using this right now? And that your answer to that might vary all throughout the day. I might pull up Instagram to get a little emotional hit of, oh, great. They really liked this post. I feel really validated. Sometimes that'll creep in. And I think it's great to just be mindful and aware of that of, oh, that's that tick again. I don't even notice that I'm pulling up my phone to scroll. I'm just so autopilot doing it. I'm not even here and doing it consciously. I think what's really interesting and really beautiful of what you're even describing here, Jenna, is right, even the the nature of this question, how do I not take it personally? I think what you're kind of illustrating for us is how personal we are using some of these tools. I mean, for lack of a better word, if we want to take all the judgment away from what social media itself or whatever the account itself, it is just a thing, a very objective. And then it's what are, what is the function to kind of dive into your exploration that we're using it for. And if we're using it to gain or to validate a sense of self, then it's going to be very hard not to take it personally. And the one comment that I had read Um, you know, again, another version of this request, I think was around someone who was monitoring their follow list. Similarly, Mm -hmm. right? Like, do these people like me? And if they hit follow and are still connected to my account, then I get that validation of being liked or accepted. Again, all roads I think are leading down to, which is really important to pull back and explore for ourselves as each of you individuals are listening. Why, what is it you're taking personally? What personal identity validation are you even looking for? Because if you are looking for some validation outside of yourself from these strangers on the internet, whether it's in your follow list or in the comment that they left back to you or didn't leave, then how not are you going to not take it personally? You are looking for something personal 
from them. So you're open to their feedback. And sometimes we search for that. Like we will search for the salt that we can pour on our own wound. And we do that because it's comfortable. I've spent a lot of time in childhood, you know, abandoned, neglected, wounded, sad, very fragile. So that sadness is like a comfort bubble. I mean, we as a society, we literally will pay money to go see a sad movie to make ourselves cry. I was thinking about this yesterday, a beautiful, we're listening to a Taylor Swift song, an old heartbreak song of hers. And it was... (laughs) It was really just beautiful. And I was thinking of that sadness and that heartache and how I got such a cozy, warm feeling in me living in the sadness of this heartbreak song. And it dawned on me, wow, that it is so comfy to me because those there's feelings there. There's emotion there that needs to be felt. We have to feel in order to heal. Oh, it's the awareness of that. It's my awareness of listening to a heartbreak song and thinking, oh, wow, my body really likes sitting in this sadness. It's the awareness of knowing when I go to pull up social media or Instagram that I'm going on literally to seek validation, to see if someone replied, to see if enough people commented. There are absolutely moments that that happens. And I share it, I think, because the more for me that I can just share my humanness and all of the parts that I'm not necessarily proud of, the more I have hopes of you also being able to depersonalize it. We are not suddenly perfect robots who just don't take social media perfectly or don't have egos. That's still there, but it's now having the awareness. I have a filter where I am very aware of myself and of my actions. Now, an autopilot action or reaction could happen like that mindless scrolling to get external validation, though because I practice consciousness, I am present. I'm intentional about being self-aware. I'll still go into an autopilot behavior and I'll be able to catch myself. And I can usually do a body scan and feel like in my stomach, it's usually in my gut or my face where there's suddenly like a burning sensation. And it's like, oh, there's salt being poured on some wound there. Did I express my truth too much? Did I make myself so vulnerable and so expressive that I'm essentially saying, hey, here's my truth. Here's my being. I'm allowing myself to then potentially get completely ridiculed or walked all over. I couldn't help but giggle um, as pretty true to form when you were sharing about the Taylor Swift song, which just so you listeners happen to know, it, it's 10 minutes long of heartbreak. Um, and as you asked, <laughs> called for it to all go too well, put on to be put on a second time for repeat for 20 minutes of heartbreak. I was having a very different emotional experience than you were, Jenna, having, which was. I couldn't wait till that song was complete and over and <laughs> loved it. Those of you who are who have listened to us, you know, talk on these topics or have listened to us share before, um, I'm giggling at how kind of this is falling along our very typical kind of personalities and conditionings around this, where those emotions of sadness, of heartbreak, of grief are so uncomfortable for me that I'd rather that song be over they're in like one a minute. Teddy and bear for me. They're not a comfortable home. And however. Um, And how this conversation and my personal experience of taking social media personally isn't the warm blanket um, of those feelings. It's the warm blanket of actually having who I am or who I think myself to be attacked, um, to actually see those places of the personalization of negativity. Um, I know exactly where to find the accounts that, you know, misinterpret, misunderstand and make these large sweeping statements about who they believe me to be. And, you know, 
because I, I want to just talk about this action actually of taking things personally, um, because I've noticed myself in the moments where I'm feeling my own insecurity, where I don't feel fully comfortable. It is so easy for me, as I had done for decades of my life, taking in everyone else's feedback and believing what they think about me to be true. So it's in those moments where I'm actually feeling insecure myself or threatened or unsure that for me, it's so easy to pick up my blanket and to see all of this negative validation. Again, validating this aspect of me and taking their perspective over my own, continuing to keep me like kind of locked in this cycle of seeking something outside of myself from an insecure place. And again, how this maps into even taking things personally. And I think it's important that I want to just highlight this. We take things personally or have a tendency to take and react from a personalized perspective when we're feeling threatened, which is why I'm describing this moment of insecurity. So when I'm not feeling that stable groundedness in myself, because my conditioning has been look outside of yourself for answers, those are those moments when I'm insecure, where I then open myself up to feedback that isn't necessarily helpful or accurate in and of itself. So from my vantage point and to tie into what you're expressing about it being a threat, it is an immediate fear at the core of each of us. There is a fear of not being loved and not being accepted. And if you zoom out and look at, you're not loved or accepted by your community or by your society, that then signals an immediate threat and fear of, of death. You can't survive without another. You can't survive without relationship, in particular, the relationship to yourself. And most people I see who are asking about, you know, the personalization of social media or all of that jealousy, ego, comparison that comes in the first thing that I notice is a disconnect of their relationship to self. You're not going to be able to completely remove all of the trolls or all of the haters or all of the people who, you know, say that there's harm in everything that you speak. That noise is always going to be there. I actually think it's really helpful and of service for everyone to expect it. What your focus should be on or could be on is being so rooted in your relationship with your own self, being convicted in your own truth and why it is that you are there. Why are you showing your presence on social media? What is it that you have to say? You have to be the one who's fully got your own back, who can stand up to speak your truth and support yourself. And I think what's what's so important, and I'm just imagining listeners who are like, well, wait a minute, what people are saying is actually specifically personal. And I want to tie this into this idea of, of this threat, this fear-based response. Because again, when I am reading the negative comments about myself, there is no mincing of words. It says, Dr. Nicola Parrott, like very personal. Like it's clearly me that they're making, right, this assessment about. So I'm just playing a tape of listeners who are like, what do you mean? This person unfollowed my account. So clearly it's me that they're disconnecting with virtually. Or again, the comment was directed to me. In my instance, the comment has my name included in it. How else aren't they talking personally about or to me? And understanding that when we're threatened, right? It is, it is so easy to lose sight of the person that this other is. Um, we kind of diminish their personhood and we're reacting to 
what their threat is to us, how we imagine their thought, their idea, their way of being is impacting or is causing us insecurity or fear. And then what can very realistically happen is we do say very personal, biting, derogatory, you know, critical, even like tearing down things to other people. We absolutely personalize our fear. Though again, it's not about that person at all. So while I can, of course, read comments directed to Dr. Nicole Perra, what you're talking about is having enough security in myself that I'm able to depersonalize. Yes, they're saying it about me, but what they're really reacting to is what meaning, what I am to them, not me at all, the representation, the meaning that they've assigned to how I'm showing up and the impact that that has on them. So really it's about them, even though the comment, the unfollow might be directed to us. If you really want to boil everything down, this work can be so simple. The hardest Mm -hmm. thing is the actual doing. It's the actual act of having your own back, of believing that your voice is worthy to be heard, of believing that you actually matter, that your existence here has an impact on those around you. If we don't come to that conclusion or realization, it also makes life kind of a lot easier. You don't have to be responsible for yourself. You don't have to be accountable because suddenly if I matter and I actually learn that when I show up or I don't show up, it has an impact on other people. That's something that makes me realize, oh my God, I have a whole life. I have a whole voice. I have a whole vision. I have a whole world and a whole platform to use how I choose. Everything you see in my life now, even this podcast, I've intentionally built every step of the way. Each of us has built all of our lives, whatever the state of your life is now, you are a responsible player in building that. And along the way, everyone is going to tear you down. You might as well think that it's you against the world because every other person also has a fear in them of the rest of the world. We all have a belief that people are out to get us. For me, I certainly, given my childhood and the abuse and abandonment that was there, the last thing that I could actually believe or trust was that another person could actually love me. And it wasn't until I actually began doing the work to love me to realize that that's actually where all of my power lies. Hear anyone who's possibly like, well, wait a minute, you know, what is this just wall ourselves off from feedback? Can't this feedback or isn't feedback in general less subjective, more objective and can be helpful? Absolutely. But we also have to have discretion in terms of the whom's that we're taking feedback from and really be honest and realistic with what social media is and also what it isn't and what we get to see of people's lives and what we don't get to see of people's lives and you know how curated even people who like you know us trying to show up and you know in alignment in authenticity there's still a whole whole lot you know bringing that word back in of our my day-to-day life your day-to-day life that isn't seen on social media so what i'm simply getting at is ultimately how you know how trusted are these sources that we're taking this feedback from? And the large majority of who we're interacting with, not to say that we don't have some close, secure, trusted friends in our social media platforms and worlds and communities, though others aren't those people. They don't see us day in and day out. They don't see the 
whole of our story. So again, of course, feedback is important. I have a trusted circle of people that I will hear different vantage points, different perspectives about myself, because of course it can be of value. We're not talking about putting blinders in or digging our head in the sand and walling ourselves off from feedback. It's just, again, knowing ourselves and our relationships and developing that security that we have that discretion inside of us to know whom to receive feedback or be open to feedback from and whom maybe, again, doesn't have the whole story to be able to offer us something that's helpful. It is really helpful and I think important to take into account who is the other person saying what. What is the thing that is triggering us so much? One, I think if if someone, regardless of who they are on the other end of a screen, is saying something that is igniting something in you, then send them some gratitude and some love and be on your way now with that new information that there was something ignited, something triggered by whatever it was that was said or done. That's valuable information for you to really have illuminated in yourself now. That's a maybe a wound or a dark corner of something that you haven't faced yet or that you haven't dealt with yet that there is to acknowledge, that there is to heal or to feel. And secondly, like you just said, I love this point of, you know, having a circle that you do trust their feedback from. I am open to letting anyone give their feedback. I'm going to take in the feedback of the people that are living lives that I am inspired by and or want to be going in the direction of. And I think that's really important when we are exposed to millions and billions of people on a daily basis. Notice if you're going in to search for someone who's making that negative comment or writing something on your post to tear you down, just be aware that you're going in and searching for that. Okay, I'm doing that thing. Give yourself some love in my moment and reframe that. Don't beat yourself up for the fact that you did it. You did it. You have awareness as to why you're seeking to find validation for this old belief that you're still holding on to that really doesn't serve you. And I think just to even apply this to this conversation and bring it full circle after hearing this episode, you might be someone who put in this question or does notice that your entire relationship with social media is personalized. Nothing feels anything but personal, right? You might be the person who's always watching the follow list, watching the comments, you know, painstakingly, you know, laboring over whether or not we're going to put a post up and then fielding all of how it's been received. So for a lot of you, the first awareness, and again, not to be judgmental of, is that, you know what, I am seeking endlessly this validation, this source outside of myself. And for me, um, as I've shared, and that was so much of what my journey was, I was so outsourced in every way from how to meet my needs to how to validate who I thought I was because I didn't have that safe space of validation where my ideas were able to be separate and different from the ideas of the family around me. And my feelings and my expression had the safety and the space to be different. So instead, I outsourced. I did look for those validations outside of me. And I still have those moments. So I have many moments of honesty when I see myself picking up the phone of conscious awareness. And I'll be perfectly honest, sometimes I continue on to go down that cycle, to have that imposter, how my ideas are worthless, validated. And that's a conversation information for me to give myself the opportunity for the next time 
not to look outside of myself, to go to my trusted loved ones. If I am feeling insecure about something I'm hearing said about me, to ask for that support, to explore that vantage point for myself. So for many of you listening, I I appreciate all of the questions that come in. I appreciate us thinking about social media in and of itself, because as far as I see it, it's not going anywhere. We We are becoming a more virtual society in so many ways. So becoming conscious consumers of how we're interacting with those communities is an important first step. So again, if we're taking things personally, maybe giving ourselves a bit of space to dive into these deeper explorations, to create that safe social structure or relationships for ourselves so that we can get more and more grounded in who we are. Because the billions of people using social media, like you just said, Jenna, aren't going anywhere. Everyone is going to have an opinion, might reactively take things personal about what they see and how they experience you. And it is our journey of finding that space of compassion, of nuance, and of security in of and of ourselves, which of course, as always, is one of the major reasons we come and have these conversations with you week after week on the Self Healer Soundboard and looking forward to continuing this conversation on next episode.